Again, the scriptural reading will be from Ephesians chapter 5, uh, verses 22 through 23. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. I remember reading a religious comic strip a while back, and as you're looking at the comic strip, what you see is a picture of the pulpit, and what the pulpit has is reinforced steel down here on this side, and reinforced steel on that side, reinforced steel on this side, and there's one little slit right here in the middle where the preacher was standing, and it had under the caption the words of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, wives, submit yourselves to your husbands. And I remember as a young man reading that and looking at that and thinking, what in the world? I, I don't get you know, why the preacher would feel like he would need reinforced steel to preach something like that until I began to look at that passage and began to think about that in terms of our lives and especially the lives of America in 2021. And the question I began with when looking at this is when did the word submitting and the concept of submitting become such a bad word? When did that become such a bad word? And especially when you put wives submit. Wives, be submissive. Wives, be subject to your husbands. And for us as Americans, we look at that, and I believe that there's kind of an anxiousness and a, an anxiety there, at least in, in my stomach, just by simply saying those words because it doesn't correspond necessarily with how our world lives its life and what it tells us that women are supposed to do and what they're supposed to be. And so I began to say, well, when did we be really begin looking at submission and submitting as a bad word? And I believe that you could go back into the civil rights movement especially, but especially the women's liberation movement of, of the 60s and the 70s. And then even now you look at uh, some, of the, uh, some of the words and some of the things that people tell you about what women are and what they're supposed to be and how they're supposed to live their lives. And you're looking at it and going... Well, that just makes the Bible just outdated. That makes it old-fashioned. That makes it completely irrelevant to what God wants for the world and for what, uh, what we know women can be and what they ought to do and what they ought to be. And so we ask the question, when did submission become a bad word? But one of the other questions I want to consider is the one that we did last week in talking about the husbands loving your wives. And that is, why is a book about the church and about the specialness of the church to Christ speaking in terms of wives and husbands. Why is it talking about that relationship especially? We'll deal with the other question about submission being a bad word a little bit later on in the lesson, but why does the book of Ephesians talk about that as a whole? You remember the outline that we, we gave and we're giving uh, for the book of Ephesians and talking about the church of Christ and how it was that there's a belief of the church in chapters 1 through 3 based upon here's everything that God has done through Jesus in establishing this institution, this body, this kingdom of which Christ is head. Chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, he gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. All of that is doctrinal in nature. Why, what is it that we believe about the church? What is it that God teaches us about the church? That's chapter 1 through 3. But when you get to chapters 4 through 6, this is the place where we really start making applications. How do we behave as God's people? How do we behave as the church which Christ purchased with his own blood? How do we give glory to God, which is what he wants? Ephesians chapter 3, verses 21-22. How does God want us to behave as his people? He begins by talking about unity. 
Isn't it important that the church be unified? That we be diligent to preserve the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. About how every part of the body, every single member of the church has a responsibility to edify, to build up the church because we're joined and knit together into all things into the head which is Christ. How we speak the truth in love, all of those things are very practical and very down-to-earth applications of how we behave in unity as the church that Christ purchased. He then begins in chapter 4, verse 17 through 521, and talking about our holiness of life, about how we're not like the Gentiles who are aliens in our thought, who are strangers away from the, the life of God. He says, but we've been brought near and we now live holy lives, that we have no, uh, no part with the unfruitful works of darkness. Because you're the church, because I'm the church, because we're the church, there's certain ways of our lives that we have to behave. I understand that with regard to unity and how I treat you and how you treat me. But I also understand that behavior and how I live a sanctified, a holy life. Chapter 4, verse 17 through 521. But especially the responsibilities at home and at work. And talking to husbands, loving your wives, and wives submitting your husbands. And chapter 6 begins with children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. And then fathers to the children. Fathers, don't provoke your children, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. There's a responsibility that the home is going to put. And especially then, he talks about our lives with our jobs and with employer-employee relationships. Because if we're the church that Jesus established, that means it's going to cause us to behave in certain ways. And then he finishes up and talking about us as soldiers. Conduct of soldiers of Christ arising and how we put on the full armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He finishes that out, isn't that interesting, in talking about spiritual warfare as the kingdom, as the body, as the church. What we're interested in is the responsibilities at home. What does a home that God establishes look like? And why does God especially use the word submit when it comes to wives and their relationships to their husbands? We talk about this this morning because, number one, it is a biblical topic. It just is. It's mentioned there in the Bible, and so we have a responsibility to preach the full counsel of God, and that's exactly what we're going to do in talking about the relationship of the home as the church because that's what God wants. But I want you to know it's also godly. We're talking about this this morning because it's godly. When I say godly, what do I mean? I mean the character and the nature of the God that we serve. You say, well, Andy, God doesn't submit to anybody. God is supreme on his throne. Isn't that right? God sits high above anybody else. And doesn't God uh, sit there and doesn't he tell us what he wants us to do? And so God looking down from on high, how in the world and why in the world would he tell us that wives need to submit to their husbands? Because when the word became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus learned obedience through the things which he suffered. Jesus submitted to people that, by all accounts in our reckoning, weren't worth, being, weren't worth submitting to. But Jesus closed his mouth. Isaiah 53 says that when he was standing before ungodly men, that like a lamb is led to his slaughter and like a sheep before a shear is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus had every reason to protest. Jesus had every reason to stand up and say, don't you know me? I'm the son of God. I'm not going to submit to you because you, because I'm greater than you are. Submission is biblical. Submission is godly. And as we mentioned last week, we will never understand the blessings of God in marriage. 
We'll never understand the way that God wants us to behave as husband and wife until we understand something about Christ and the nature of his church. Said another way for another lesson, if we never strive for God's plan for the home, we will never shine as the disciples that Jesus wants us to be. When you look at many homes today, what you find is fussing and fighting. What you find is, is cutting down and tearing down becomes the norm for the day. Listen, how does your marriage, how does your home look different than the lives and the marriage and the home of somebody out in the world? And if we never submit to God's plan for the home and for marriage and for how children relate to the parents and parents relate to the children, then we're never going to shine the way God wants us to shine. Let your good works be done so that your life can glorify and so people can look at your life and glorify the Father in heaven. We're never going to shine the way God wants us to until we learn how to submit to God's plan. Our plan for Ephesians 5 verses 22 to 33 is to look at it from three different aspects. We're going to look at the exhortation for wives to submit to their own husbands. We're going to look at the example of what he gives in submission. And then thirdly, we're going to look at the expectation that that's going to be taking place. Let's look, number one, at the exhortation. Wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. You remember last week we talked about in the relationship with husbands, that husbands, you love your wives, and there were two similes that he gave. As Christ loves the church. But the second one was, as the husband, or as you love your own body. There's two great examples for a husband to try and exact the type of love that Christ has for his church. To exact the type of love that a husband has for his own body. And the first question I have about this is, what does the word submit or be submissive mean? Submit is just having to do with arranging yourself under. Yielding to somebody's admission, admonition, rather, and advice. Obedience. Being subject is the same word as verse 24, where he talks about um, taking and, and being subject. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, that's the same, exact same word he uses here in verse 22. And the bookends of this is verse 33. He states that at the very beginning and the very end, he says, nevertheless, let each one of you, husbands in particular, love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects honors, venerates, reveres, um, holds in high esteem her husband. All those have to do with the same idea of submission. That tells me there's some implications about submission that we need to note right here at the very first with the exhortation. Number one, God has a particular arrangement in the home. And that arrangement has to do with biblical leadership. Headship is the divine calling of the husband when you talk about relationships. Headship is the divine calling of a husband to take a primary responsibility for Christ-like service in leadership and protection and provision in the home. Husbands, you have a responsibility to lead your home. That's immediately in the idea of definition of submission. That here's somebody who's going to yield to your leadership. Here's somebody who's going to put themselves under willingly and submit to your direction that you set for the home. That's an entirely biblical concept. But please understand, this says nothing about the smarts. It says nothing about the ability. It says nothing about the capability. It says nothing about the wisdom of the woman. 
Again, what we're talking about is just simply a leadership opportunity, a leadership hierarchy, if you like, in the home. Those of you who have a military record, those of you who have served in, in foreign wars or those who have served in the military, don't you know that there were some occasions where in the military you knew that you had more understanding than maybe the person who was set over you in authority? And don't you know that you maybe had to walk away from a man saying, these are your orders, go, and you're going, that's not what's best. That's not honestly the, the, the plan or the choice that I would have made. And yet, because you understand that chain of command, because you understand that relationship, what did you do? You didn't argue with your superior. But what you did was you took those orders and you went away and you executed them as to the best of your ability. What God has established is that there is a hierarchy in the home where husbands, you have a responsibility to lead. And submission is what's happening when there's a divine command for a wife to honor and affirm her husband's leadership and help him carry it through based upon what she's been given. There's a support role given in the home. That's really drawing our minds all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, where God says it's not good that man should be alone. I'm going to make someone who's a helper for him, a help meet. Somebody that's going to compliment him perfectly. Somebody that's going to, 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 to take her strength and be able to equally meet, almost like you're bringing your hands together and they fit perfectly. That's what God designed for the woman to be. Again, we're not talking about her intelligence. We're not talking about her wisdom. We're not talking about how capable she is as a leader. What we're talking about is God's plan for the home. Submission is that divine calling of a wife to honor and affirm her husband's leadership. But notice it's made based upon a choice the husband makes to love and the wife makes to submit. That is not anything that happens by accident. That's nothing that's going to happen by accident. Husbands, you make a choice to love your wife. How? As Christ loves the church. We mentioned all of those things last week. Sacrificially, separately, gloriously, continually. And as yourself, you love yourself considerately and deliberately and patiently and loyally. And as you love her... You know what the natural response is? Is that she's going to follow your lead. She's going to submit to you. And you find understanding that there is spiritual direction at home. You know what the things that temper this statement are? That this is God's plan for you to have a God-honoring home. This is for you to have a happy home. A home that God blesses. A home of peace. You know, my kids like to watch a lot of uh, Little House on the Prairie. Whenever we uh, have like one of those two million degree days where it's too hot to go outside and, you know, there's nothing that's going on, uh, Catherine sometimes will turn on, you know, the episodes of the old Little House on the Prairie. You know, two of my favorite characters on there are uh, Nels and, uh, and uh, the other Olsen, the, the, the mom's name. <laughs> it's escaping me now. Um, it's not Nettie. Is it Nettie? Anyway, Nels and his wife. And his wife has always got something to say. And his wife is always going behind his husband's back, her husband's back, and doing things. And in fact, on one occasion, I remember that they were, they were fighting about something, and, and the preacher was there trying to bring them back in together. And, and she says, you know, Nels, you just have to forgive me. And, and the preacher says, come on, Nels, why can't you forgive your wife? He says, don't talk to me for, about forgiveness until you've lived with a woman like that. And you think about that with regard to the home, that there's some homes that are just like that. 
What God wants for us to understand is that his plan is for our good. Everything that he's ever given us in his word is for our good. But husbands, we have the responsibility to set the divine direction because God wants our homes not to just exist, not just to be one among millions, but to stand out as we mentioned at the very beginning and to stand out because we're following God's approved direction. You want a more peaceful home? Yield to God, submit to God, look to God's plan. And husbands, as we love our wives, they're going to follow us. They're going to be happy to submit themselves, to put themselves under our divine leadership. Let's look secondly this morning at the example. The example, verse 23, for the husband is head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church. You might write out there as a cross-reference, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 2 through about 4. The husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, and he is also Savior of the body. Therefore, you look to see what it's there for. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Notice a couple of principles about this example. Number one, how is a wife like submitting to Christ and to the church? There is something about wives and young ladies when you start looking for a husband. And for those of you that are soon to be married, we have Logan and Lacey with us this morning. Hi, how are you guys? We're so glad to have y'all. And I hope that you give them a hug around the neck and hope that you're praying for them, especially as they make the transition to come and and be with us uh, both full time and especially in their marriage coming up in October. What we're looking for, young ladies, is a man who has his head screwed on straight spiritually. One who is going to look and say, this is the understanding of what my role and what my responsibility is. If we're drawing a comparison between Christ and the church, this example that he gives, did Christ ever have any misgivings about what his mission, what his role were, was here on this earth? He said, I've come to glorify the Father. Husbands, you have a responsibility to glorify the Father. And if you are joined to a wife, you have a responsibility to lead her in glorifying the Father. If you are not doing that, then you are failing in your responsibility as a husband. I can't say it any more plain than that. What God wants for you and for your leadership is not just to exist, not just to float around like an amoeba, not to be cast here and there like everybody else is, but you say we have a responsibility as a family to honor God in everything that we do. And I'm going to treat my wife like Christ treats the church. Ladies, we have a responsibility to encourage our men to stand up and lead our families. And men, we make it easy for her to follow and support and submit when we have a clearly defined spiritual direction in the salvation of our families. When was the last time you sat down, husbands, with your wives and talked about the spiritual direction? When was the last time as a leader, you know, because organizations do this, don't they? Don't they sit down from time to time and reassess their mission statement and say, what are we all about? Maybe we should uh, reassess what we're all about and maybe we should think about a new direction. And husbands, when you look at our lives and our, our, our families, have we ever sat down with our wives and said, all right, how are we going to be nearer to the heart of God this year? How are we going to be more like Christ this year? How, the year's half over now, over half over. It's, it's August, almost September. I can't believe that. 
But when you look at the latter half of this year, what are we going to do and how are we going to change and how are we going to adapt to be more like Christ? Honey, what can I do to help you in raising the kids? What can I do to help you in, in the day-to-day things? How can we be more like Jesus? How can I serve you more like Christ serve the church? There's a responsibility of headship and leadership. And notice this principle that headship is going to initiate and true biblical submission is going to support. You want to know the reason why husbands and wives are discussed in the middle of a book about the church? It's because Jesus, because of everything he's done, everything the Father's done through him, chapters 1 through 3, now here's what we do to support the mission of Jesus in carrying the gospel forward and loving one another in unity and behaving as people who are made holy and our relationships with our family and with our friends and with our, our coworkers and our neighbors and our children, all those things, those relationships are different in supporting the mission of Christ. And as good soldiers of Jesus Christ at the very end of the book of Ephesians, all of these things have to do with us taking the mission of Jesus and saying, Lord, we support you. As the church, we are with you. As the church, we are all on the same page, and this is our mission, this is our calling, and that's exactly what we want to do. Isn't it easy to submit when you understand that there is a leadership that knows what we're doing? Once again, I bring up the military. You ever have a question about what our mission objectives are, and, and all of a sudden you get these orders handed down, and you're looking at it kind of going, what in the world? I don't get Companies do this, don't they? where they give you things that you're trying to, that you're, uh, to, to accomplish and they don't make any earthly sense. It's hard to submit in those cases. But when you have a clear understanding of vision and ministry, it makes it simple. With regard to example, it's not an excuse for a husband to be a tyrant. Please understand, love of the wife tempers the statement of wives being submissive to the husbands. I have heard with my own ears husbands who in counseling situations have puffed themselves up and if they had feathers they would all be standing out, if they had hair it would be standing up on the end. My wife has a responsibility to submit to me. I'm going to put her under my thumb if it's the last thing I do. That's not loving the wife as Christ loved the church. That's not showing the type of loving leadership like Jesus loves the church. And if you have a husband who treats his wife like that, he is badly abusing what we're talking about here in Ephesians 5, verses 22 to 33. What we're talking about is the husband gently, lovingly, patiently helping his wife to realize her beauty and her role within the home. But understanding also that biblical submission is going to flourish when there is biblical leadership that's happening. Husbands, you have problems and difficulties keeping a peace in your home. Set a spiritual direction. Look at your life and look at your family and say, this is the direction that we need to go. And yes, you're going to find people that fight you along the way, but you know what? You don't have to pull back to the standard and say, this is my word, but you say, this is what God wants us to be. That tempers everything, doesn't it? This is what God wants us to be as the home, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Thirdly, this morning, it's not just about the example. Uh, submission is a happy response to biblical leadership. We made that point. There's an expectation for this to happen. It's not just God saying, what would happen if, husbands, you loved your wife like the church? What would happen if, wives, you were submissive like the church is to Christ? This is an expectation that God has laid down. 
and you look at the expectation as the church is subject to Christ. So, here's the example, or here's the uh, natural following. So let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. A couple of principles about this and lessons yours. Number one, there is not a power struggle between Christ and the church. Let me rephrase. There should not be a power struggle between Christ and the church. When it comes that there are elderships that begin making decisions that are completely out of line with the will of God and with the will of Jesus, the chief shepherd, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. When an eldership comes back and says, we have restudied the issue and we believe that it's okay, Barring passages like 1 Timothy chapter 2, that women begin to serve in public roles, that women begin to be preachers, and we have restudied the issue and everything is okay and we're going to start instituting those things. We have restudied the issue and we see that there's nothing wrong with uh, adding instrumental music to our worship service. We see that there's nothing wrong with meeting on Saturday. We've restudied the issue. It's funny to me that it always begins with we restudied the issue. And what they've done is they've come to a conclusion that's not honoring to Christ. And all of a sudden, you have stepped outside of the will of Christ, and you are no longer subject to Christ as a church that's supposed to be of Christ when you begin to make decisions like those things that are not in accordance with the will of Christ. But just as the church submits to Christ in everything, so also, here's the example, Husbands, because of your spiritual leadership, because of your desire for your family to get to heaven, because you want your family to be closer to God, you don't want your children to be lost. You don't want your children, when they leave the home, to go off and chase after false doctrines. You don't want them to leave the church and never walk through these doors again. You set the direction. And what happens is, in the biblical model, she's going to come back and she's going to say, Honey, what can I do to support you? How can I help you with this? There should not be a power struggle between Christ and the church. But submission also says, in a disagreement or a draw, I yield and I will trust you to lead in whatever's best for our family. I yield and I will trust you. Because sometimes, husbands, again, if we're wise, we're asking what our wife thinks about something. We're asking her and we're considering her and her thoughts and her opinions because you know what? I find my wife is far more wise than I am. And so I'm coming through with, to her with a problem or with a difficulty, and I'm listening to her, and, and I say, honey, I don't know what to think about this. And she says, well, have you considered this? I had not considered that. I wish that I considered that, and I send up slapping my forehead saying, why didn't I see that before? Husbands, if we're communicating with our wives or we're visiting with them, we understand that there is a vast amount of wisdom that they have and an uh, angle and a perception that they have that we don't see. But when it comes to setting the direction and following that direction after Jesus, that's our responsibility. But sometimes there's a choice between good and better and best. And maybe there's nothing sinful at all with what we're, what we're arguing about or what we're debating or what we're considering. But when the husband comes back and says, I think that this is best for our family. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, I'm going to call up my friends. I'm going to call up my neighbors. I'm going to call up my family. I'm going to call up my best friend and say, do you know what that man did? Do you know what he did? I cannot believe him. I cannot believe. Submission is not just going along, kicking and screaming the entire way. I appreciate that when I was hired here at Graver Road, the elders said, you know what? Behind closed doors, we debate things. We talk about things, we bounce around things, we talk about biblical ideas, we talk about some non-biblical ideas, but what we're committed to doing is what the Word of Christ says. 
And even though we may disagree on a matter of opinion, you know what? When a decision is made, we're going to leave out of here shoulder to shoulder and we're going to support that decision. That's our elders being submissive to one another. And they're providing the example because that's what Christ wants. He doesn't want one elder or two elders going over here and saying, well, if I had my, if I had my choice, I would much rather do this. You know what that is? That is a threat to unity. Everything that he talked about in Ephesians chapter 4 about keeping the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace and being one and being a, a, a church that's united in the mission of Christ. If we had elders that were leaving out of there and going talking to certain people and saying, well, if I had my choice, I would have done this. But those other guys, you know, they did that. It happens in church. Why would we not be surprised if it happens in a home? And before too long, you have a husband in one foxhole and a wife sitting in her foxhole and they're shooting at each other. When in reality, they need to be battling, again, in the words of Ephesians chapter 6, the enemy, Satan. And the truth of the matter is, it comes to a head with regard to this. When we fulfill the roles that God has given us, the way that God says to fulfill them, he is going to be glorified in our homes. We give him room to shine so that people can see there's something different about those bakers. There's something different about those Rosses. There's something different about those Summers. There's something different about these people than what I have in my home. And we give room for God to be glorified. And folks, that's what it's all about, being the church of Christ. Again, when we say, wives, submit to your own husbands, and that's a command from God, we don't do injustice to the text but we simple say, simply say this is God's plan for the way that he wants marriage to work does your marriage work is there something that we can help you with something we can pray for we all have roles to play some of them may be leadership roles some of them may be support roles some of them may be roles that people never see here on this side of eternity but we know that the eyes of the Lord are in every place keeping watch over the good and over the evil God sees how we fulfill our role but all, God also sees the attitude with which we fulfill our role. And what God wants is the heart first and foremost. And then he wants his will to proceed from the heart. Are you doing that this morning? Maybe you understand what God wants for you to become a Christian. That you need to submit your life to Jesus. That you need to be obedient to the gospel. And if we can help you to do that, we long to do that. Maybe there's somebody here that needs prayers and encouragement from the church. We would love to help you do that as well. Thank you for your kind attention this morning. Let's stand and sing our invitation song.